0: Welcome to the Nash Biz Podcast, a podcast specifically for business owners in Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're seeking the best strategies for scaling your business, networking opportunities, or just plain old entertainment, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show. What is up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am one of the hosts of the Nash Biz podcast with my business partner and co-host, John Trusty. Today, we're here with Brian Heinrichs, who is the president and CEO of Fourth Capital Bank. Brian, what's going on, man? Doing all right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So we always like to start the podcast with this question. Let's say me and you are on an elevator. We're on 412. We're going down to floor one. Uh, you have to introduce yourself to me before we get down to floor one. What would you say?
1: I would probably start out and tell you where I worked. And then I would say, you know, I'm someone that cares about people, cares about excellence. Um, I might mention something about self-actualization and what we can be, we must be. So that might be it in a nutshell.
0: So let, let's dive into that because, you know, you, let's go ahead and mention self-actualization. Uh, what does that mean to you? I, I imagine that's something you've held with you throughout this entrepreneurial and business journey.
1: What does that mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I, I, you know that that was ingrained in me early on. I started my cro- uh, career at a company called Coke Industries, so that's where I kind of picked up on that. But you know, the whole idea behind self-actualization is we're is we're here to to go for it, to pursue excellence, to be the best we can be. We're not just here to survive and and grind. And so, you know, that idea, the Ma- the Maslow concept of what we can be, we must be. And so, not only pushing myself for that, but as a leader of an organization and people, trying to to encourage them and and do the same thing. So, you know, the way, the way our organization or any team or anything succeeds is, is if we all reach our potential at, at, or around the same time. So to me, that's the whole idea behind self-actualization.
0: That's interesting. I I think for us, you know, as entrepreneurs, business leaders, business strategists, et cetera, I, I think it's super important to understand that we all have a potential I think a lot of us fall short because we, maybe we think we've already reached our potential, so we quit We quit trying. And I think that's the purpose of being an entrepreneur in the first place is, is going to hitting new ceilings, hitting new levels that you never hit before. And we talked about this previously before we started recording of you know, being a business owner is hard. Being a CEO is hard. Be, being in this game, it's a game. It's hard. And you have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do, but somebody has to do them. Um, but you just have to grow at the end of the day. So did you ever reach a point to where you felt like you reached your potential, but, you know, deep down, you knew, okay, I still have more left in me?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, potential is not finite. I think that's part of it, right? So there's always another level. There's always something new to learn. There's always something new to challenge. Um, You know, there's always opportunity to bring someone else into your circle that maybe has a different twist or a different mentality and a different way of, of thinking. And so it's bringing all of that together to continue to forge new ground. I mean, one of the things we're trying to do at Fourth Capital is, you know, I call us the anti-bank. We're trying to be a bank that's never been built before. So, you know, the the world and, you know, banking in particular, but a lot of, lot of uh, you know, traditional industry, very hierarchical, a lot of rules. And so I think we've had ingrained into us since we were young like these boxes and we're only supposed to do this or that or the other. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if you're familiar at all, but the concept of divergent thinking and, and this idea that, you know, when you, if you test kindergartners, they all basically test as, as experts in divergent thinking. And then as we get older, we start to not be able to, to be that because we've had all of this tradition and, and things plugged in our brain. It's why a kid can is better at puzzles than an adult because they think free form. And so it's trying to pull that out. And, and I think that relates to to potential. It's always coming back to today's another clean sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. It's not based like on that. yesterday and, and so on. So it's continuing to move the goal line to a higher place based on acquired knowledge and thinking differently and, and being open to new and different ideas.
2: I like that. You mentioned uh, the self-actualization and, and how everybody on your team has to have that kind of no-excuse attitude, the, the need to go for it. Um, outside of this, we we do an overseas staffing agency. That's what we run for a business. How has having a team helped you get where you are now? What, what areas of having a team are the most helpful for you?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think when you have the right team, uh, well, if you have a team, period, you learn a lot. Yeah. You know, I think there, you, you, there's a couple ways to learn. You, you either learn by emulating something or you learn by saying there's no way in hell I'm ever doing that. <laughs> so, you know, I think the more people you surround yourself with, the, the more you kind of develop into those those couple lanes. But, you know, I, I think what you have to figure out on a team, especially in a, in a leadership role, is, is each person has a currency. And so, what's what's each individual? For some of those, it, it's actual currency. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to make money. For other people, and I think we're seeing more and more of this with uh, younger generations. It's they want to see something beyond the paycheck. So, how are we involved in the community? What things can they can they uh, do from that perspective? Other people, they want more work-family balance. So I think I think mm-hmm. what you learn with a team. Um, that maybe is different than business school or whatever is it's really about the individual and how do you reach each individual at where they are and at their level to motivate them to then have it all come together as a team because a one-size-fits-all approach is it doesn't work we're all different human beings we all different points in our life different goals different things that we value and so it's really trying to figure out those value points for each individual on the team, you know, and then that translates to our clients and, and things as well. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that because, you know, what we've seen too is no one person is going to train the same way, be managed the same way, be onboarded the same way. But you have to, as a leader, see that and take pivots as necessary. I'm a big believer in, although, of people say everybody's motivated by money to some degree. I, I truly do believe that. But I think just kind of what you said, culture is just as important, if not more important. People want to feel a part of something. They, yeah, they're getting a paycheck. That's great. But if you get in a paycheck for a job you hate and a team you hate, they don't, it doesn't matter. So I think culture is super important. So with fourth capital, you know, you have this culture, right? And I'm a big believer that culture is very hard to maintain as your team grows um, and you have to be very selective of who you bring in because that can alter the culture and the team as a whole. So, how have you do you have guidelines that you keep in place of saying, hey, like this is our culture, this is who we want? Um, like do you do you feel like you have a close-knit family within your company?
1: Yeah, I think I think we we're definitely striving for that. Um, you know, I- I'm probably a little unique in my role. I probably spend 80 to 90 percent of my time on culture. And very little on yeah. metrics and goals and all of these other things because I really think it, if it comes down to, to to it, you know, it's all about people.
3: Yeah, you know, banking's
1: a people business. Um, so you know, we talk a lot about net incomes, not a goal, it's a result. So that's just kind of an example of our of our thought process. But you know, culture is one of those things. Everyone has a culture. There, mm-hmm. it's it just are they intentional about it and have the culture that they want. And so we try hard. We've got uh, some of it's written out and stated. You know, we've got our principles and our virtues and all of those things. And we hold weekly meetings and kind of reinforce all of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can write it down as as much as you want. You've you've got to get get, it's got to get into people's soul and their being. And, you know, it's got to be a way of life. And so reinforcing that um, is part of it being uncompromising about when you see things that are not consistent with the culture is part of it. And, you know, candidly, sometimes I struggle with that. I think probably all leaders do. And um, I I think one of the challenges is, you know, you might have somebody that's a a solid producer that maybe isn't the best culture fit. And And in the short term, it's like, well, you know, the, that production's nice, uh, but then you got to sit back and say, you know what, a short, short-term short production's not worth what we're trying to build and where we're trying to go. And so there's kind of a constant um, push-pull on, on some of that. But at the end of the day, selection is key. People are key. And keeping it top of mind is, is something you just have to do and, and constantly reinforce it.
2: So what are some of the things you mentioned, The the on and off paper culture guidelines, so to speak, how, how, what's a, maybe a, a, not a drill, but like a a meeting you have, or what's something that you do daily to reinforce that culture and make sure that they, the energy's high and everybody's in a good spot.
1: Yes. We do all company meetings every Thursday morning at eight o'clock and typically starts out with me telling quotes, Um, you know, maybe just something that struck me that week, or maybe something that's years old that I kind of resurrect. And then that's usually tying back to um, some of our collateral materials. We have these really cool foot chart things on everybody's desk that talks through our principles like intellectual honesty, challenge process, knowledge, diversity, all of these. And so I'm, I'm constantly trying to bring it back to the, that quote that I gave you or that customer example ties right back to one of these things. Mm-hmm. And here's a way we exhibited that this week. And this is why this is important. And this is what makes us different and unique. You know, banking is, is a commodity business or it's thought of as a commodity business. I mean, in checking accounts, a checking account, a loans, a lo- you know, the product level, it's the same thing, but it's our principles and virtues and how we deliver those to the client mm-hmm. that differentiates us. Yep. And so it's constantly reinforcing if, if we're not living by these principles in our corporate blueprint, we're the same as everyone else. And we, and we might as well just fold up shop. Yep. yep. So that's kind of the mentality.
0: No, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, too, because, you know, what we do with staffing, it's, it's pretty commoditized as well. I mean, you can get this anywhere, but the delivery, the culture we have, the experience, I mean, that's what sets you apart and why people want to work with you. Cause it's a lot different. It feels better to work with them, et cetera. But Brian, I, I want to get deep here. Cause we, we talked earlier, you know, business is hard. Entrepreneurship's hard. There's going to be struggles. There's times where you want to give up. There's times where you want to throw the towel in and say, you know, that's it. I'm just going to go get another corporate gig and just live my life. Um, what are some of those times where you thought to yourself, like, is this even worth it anymore? to keep going and keep pushing myself and keep sacrificing, you know, professional or personal, sometimes to people, it's not worth it anymore, but you, you got to keep pushing to, to reach that pinnacle of success. So what are, what are some of those times for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for, with my fourth capital hat on, I can honestly say I haven't had any of those times, Good. But, but let me get, let me give some context to that. I, I had those times in my two or three years, major junctures in my life. And that's what led me here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I when I was a trader in New York and, you know, I was making whatever, you know, good money or whatnot. And I just woke up one day and said, you know, there's more to life than making money. Yep. And I'm not doing anything beyond my paycheck. There's no purpose to this. And so I actually left that and I and I went and worked in the assisted living industry for seven years because I wanted to do something that had meaning. And so That's I was- a big a, jump. That's yeah. a really big jump. So I was a finance guy for a uh, family-owned assisted living company. Wow. interesting. And then, you know, I, that led me back into banking. So, you know, in my past, there were two or three of those sort of watershed moments. And I, I think the whole coming together, a fourth capital kind of brought all those experiences to say, you know what? This is an opportunity to build something the right way um, you know, to prove that we can be financially successful and commercial, commercially successful without compromising our values and principles, you know, we're privately held. So that affords us that opportunity. And so, you know, here, I, 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 it's there's been some difficulty not to the give up moment stage, but certainly, you know, I think there's always a little bit of that insecurity that comes along with, are we yeah. on the right path? Is this mm-hmm. actually gonna work, you know? Are we really doing what we think we're doing? And, and you know, I don't think that's bad though, because that kind of having that constant check of, are we on the right page? Are we doing the right things? That's what, that's what makes it all come together. Um, and, and I think every entrepreneur at, at one point or another probably says, do i have the right product you know oh, did i see somebody else building a better mousetrap than me and you know so on and so it's not up and as much as we want to think it is that the chart's not always up and to the right yeah you know yeah. the trajectory's up and to the right but but there might be some peaks and valleys in between
2: oh yeah oh, yeah So I I want to go back to New York where you were you were uh, trading. You said when you moved from Chicago to New York that you had a seven week old or seven month seven month old
1: six weeks. My daughter was six weeks old. Yeah, I remember my wife. Yeah. Anyway, I I won't relive the conversation. But
2: (laughs) (laughs) well, talk about some of the challenges that because you mentioned those really long days during the week, probably sixteen plus hour days, and then you're coming home, and by the time you get home, your your baby's down and asleep, and when you leave in the morning that not up yet. So it's probably very relatable for a lot of entrepreneurs that have kids. How did you find some balance to be able to be around your kid, um, or, or to, to have the work life balance, so to speak?
1: Well, I I think part of it, you know, I obviously left there and moved back to the Midwest. So I moved back to Kansas and now Nashville. So, I mean, I think geography plays a part, you know, if you don't have an hour commute helps, but, you know, I I think for me, it came down to at some point, I, I just, it kind of clicked in my mind that, you know, there's a lot of ways to make money. Um, that's not the main, I'm going to retire fine. You guys are going to retire fine. It's not really about, you know, whether our retirement's at risk. It's really about where we fulfilled along the way, Were we doing things, that we're consistent with our values and our virtues and were we doing those with other people that share the same values and forming mutually beneficial relationships. And so that's, that's really what it, what it comes down to. And it's, it's trying to be, um, and and I think you can do all of those things and, and, you know, manage it together. I, I think, you know, when you think about some of the tradition and I don't want to call out certain industries or, or companies or whatever, but, you know, I kind of realized a long time ago, I don't believe in rites of passage. And I, and I think a lot of traditional industry, it's you have to do this job before you go to this job and all this hierarchy and all of these different things. And, and I just, I said, I'm not going to do that. And we're not going to have a company that does that. So, you know, we've tried to create a meritocracy and, you know, to get a little bit on a tangent. I mean, I'm a big fan of Hamilton, the musical. And, you know, if you've studied that at all, I mean, you've got an immigrant that came in, it's literally about, he worked harder, he was smart, he got after it. And, you know, having an organization like that's what we're trying to do. So, I mean, if you come up here um, in our space, downtown Nashville, you know, all of, uh, it's like Apple, Google. We've got sort of pods. It almost looks like a trading floor. Um, the offices are on the interior walls, not the exterior. And that's intentional about setting a tone that we're all in this together and we're all on a team. And, and so it just kind of that whole, I know that's a little bit long-winded, but that's kind of the whole idea is, is let's just get rid of all the traditional man-made nonsense and get nope. in a room with people that have, you know, similar mentality that want to go for it and and do it the way that that it should be done. Yeah, I love that.
0: No, I like that. And and I definitely agree with it. But do you think that as companies grow, for instance, my brother, uh, he works at UBS in Nashville. UBS is a massive company. Yep. It's one of those companies where it's it's hard to uh have the meritocracy? Do, do you think as companies grow, how, how do you keep that culture the same? You know, as fourth capital grows, how are you planning on making it where everyone can talk to everyone or
1: everybody's door
0: is open and you're all in this together?
1: Well, I think that, you know, that tone comes from me first, mm-hmm. but it, it's also, you know, you got to keep telling people that mm-hmm. everyone's a leader. Yep. Leader is not a position. It's not a title. It's how we act with each other and so on. So um, some of that is in in how you compensate. Some of that's in how you reward. There's all different ways to go about it. But, you know, we talk. It's not just me. There's others here. But, you know, I don't The best idea wins. I mean, it's not this was the teller's idea and this other thing was my idea. It's like, who has the best idea? Yep, and you know if if you really get people, and I, and I'm not I'm not going to pretend that we're a hundred percent self-actualization <laughs> buying, but uh, you know if you really get people thinking about self-actualization and pursuit of excellence and challenge process and all of the other principles we have, then I, it's not as big of a leap as you might think it is. It really does come down to selection. And, and people having a similar mentality, I guess to answer your question, I don't think it's a function of how big we get um, because I don't think there's a finite number of people out there that fit that criteria, but you got to be choosy about who's on the team and you got to reinforce it. And, you know, frankly, there's a lot of people out there and, and, I wouldn't discount this for one second because people have different goals and whatever. That's fine. Um, you know, a lot of people want to be in a, in a more of that environment where it's kind of laid out that you're this role and then you're this role and then you make managing director and then you make this and that's fine. Or if you're an accounting firm and you go to partner or not, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But that's, I, I don't think those organizations ne- necessarily are trying to change the world or do something new and different and be out on the forefront of, of, of creating something that's never been done before. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree.
2: Lacking the innovation that, that you're trying to bring. You know, you, if, if it's only the top level guys that are making all decisions and there's no feedback from the people doing the so called grunt work. You know, you're going to have a a limited idea base, I guess.
1: 100%. I mean, if we're really, if if we're relying on me to make Fourth Capital, you know, reach its potential, then that's a falsehood. That's not going to happen. Uh, I can help, but all 65 of us can help.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there, there's, um, I'm a big reader and there's a, a book that's talking about Jeff Bezos and his leadership principles and people have mixed opinions on them. I like him from a business perspective for sure. But uh, he talks about how when they go into meetings, first of all, he's very selective in the meetings they have. That's one principle. But the second is it's the best idea wins and we got to make a decision right now. We're not going to argue back and forth of who has the authority, who's the leadership, who has more weight. Hey, we got to pick an idea now and and if it's the wrong decision, it's the wrong decision. But we got
1: to pick the best one right now, and we got to make it quickly. Exactly. I think you know. <clears throat> so my Jeff Bezos, if you will, is Charles Koch. Okay. And the book called Good Profit, and that you know I started my career at Coke Industries, and that's why I'm such a big believer in privately held enterprise. But you know, same idea. This concept of experiment, mm-hmm. incentivize people to experiment, fail fast learn yeah. from it. you know. If, if we're not failing, that means we're not trying. We're yeah. not doing anything new. Um, you don't go into it wanting to fail. That's not what that means. And I think it gets misconstrued of like, well, you guys are trying to fail. No, we're not. We're trying to do things that we think make sense, but have never been done before. And if you mm-hmm. do that, then sometimes mm-hmm. they're maybe not going to have the, the outcome that you thought but you learn from it. You get back in the room and you and you make a des- another decision. You know, too ma- too many companies are, uh, you know, analysis paralysis, and it's yeah. and then it becomes groupthink, and then it becomes everybody's looking at one end of the table to say, well, is I don't know, can you read the CEO's body language? Is a yes or a no? And, and then you don't have that intellectual honesty from people of of. Did you know, does this make sense or not? And then they go to the water cooler and grumble and be like, Well, I don't really agree with that, but you know, we got to go along with it kind of thing, right? And that doesn't help anybody.
0: No, I'm a big believer in just like, especially with our team, open communication. If it if, call me out, if, if you think I'm doing something wrong, call me out because I'm not perfect, I'm a human. Yeah, you know, I'm, I might know more about a particular space, but. At the end of the day, I'm 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 imperfect, and we're a team here. And the only way we're going to be able to grow this is by the team's efforts. That's it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I went to our uh, the the person that runs our HR and marketing about a week or two ago. I said I want a 360 done on me.
3: Yeah,
0: a lot of CEOs don't do that. A lot of CEOs uh, do do not get evaluated
1: on a yearly basis. I said I want you know employees, vendors, Mm -hmm. client, you name it. I, I need that feedback because I, th- I think one of the challenges of, of kind of being in this role is you're on an island and, you know, I don't want to say it's lonely because that I don't necessarily mean it that way, but you're not really in the loop. And so, you know, it's not realistic to think everyone's going to just come in here and, and lay it out for you. Yeah. So you, but you need that feedback. I don't care who you are, what level you're at. And so trying to create the, the format and give people the opportunity is critical. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not fair that we're going to, we're going to review annually or however often 64 other employees. And I just get in here, look in the mirror and tell myself how great I am every day. That doesn't make sense.
2: Don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. No, I like that a lot.
0: Is there is there anything along your journey that you failed at that others out there right now are probably also gonna fail at that you can give a piece of advice for overcoming that? Sorry, it's kind of a loaded question, but
1: um wow, that's a that's an interesting question. I, I, here's how I would answer that. I'll I'll give you two answers to that. I think I've failed and I'll put that in, in quote quotation fingers or whatever. Um, because probably for the first 10, 15 years of my career, I chased something that at the end of the day, once I achieved it, I didn't value, Mm -hmm. I didn't value it. So, um, you know, I chase sort of the, that traditional mindset of, you know, all my goals when I, when I, when I was younger were, I want to make X amount of dollars by this date. I want to have X in the bank by this date. And I want to, so, you know, when I say failed, I think I failed from the standpoint of, I, I had the wrong goals and the wrong mentality. And so what I would tell people is, go out and figure out how to add value Mm -hmm. and if you add value you will get rewarded for it and there's a big difference between spending your time and effort trying to add value than there is trying to um, get monetary rewards yeah and I think that's on both a personal and a professional level and it wasn't until much later in my career and even today where it's like, you know, these are the things that are actually valuable to me and valuable to other people. And it's not necessarily, you know, how much is in a bank account.
0: No, you're exactly right. And it's it's a hard concept, right? Because I think a lot of people start, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people start this business journey for the money. You know, I I think they they have an idea about a service or product and they're like, yeah, look how much money I can make, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's a mindset shift of once you provide the value, it's weird. You make more money. That's right. It's, it's, it's weird. And and it's something that you can't really explain. You just have to say, Hey, just provide as much value as you can and do whatever you got to do for your clients, customers, et cetera. And the money comes to you. It's, oh, yeah. you, just, you just kind of put good out into the world and it comes back. But Brian, as we close, I think we talked about a lot of good stuff around your experience uh, along your entrepreneurial journey and especially what you're doing at Fourth Capital. But you know, for other aspiring entrepreneurs and business leaders and executives out there, what, what's that piece of advice? You know, when, when you're up against the wall, when you got to keep going, uh, when you don't know if you can get back up, what can people tell themselves to keep going? to to keep pursuing that passion, pursuing that, that next level that they've been after.
1: Well, I I think anytime you're doing something like this, you have to go into it with a high level of conviction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when those times get tough or when you're thinking, am I right? You got to stay the course, not necessarily tactically, but you have to have that conviction about what you're doing adds value or serves that greater good or whatever. So uh, that's what I would say kind of from a direct perspective. I also I'm a big believer in you have to surround yourself with supportive, positive people, whether that's a family, whether that's your team, whether that's faith and church or wherever different people find that. I think you have to have um you have to have those other areas of reinforcement that prop you up and, you know, and hopefully you're propping them up in their various uh, challenges as well. I mean, that's, that's part of life. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge um, believer in self-care. And so what does that mean? Well, it means something different for everybody, but uh, you know, you, you've got to understand, um, I think you always have to check yourself and, and s- sit back and say, and understand why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and what's the purpose. Yeah. And cause it, you know, if it's just a grind, you know, um, with no end or no purpose, then that's not sustainable for anybody. It's not. So that's kind of, that's kind of my mentality is, is, is staying convicted about what we're doing mm-hmm. and finding those moments and people that, uh, that give me life.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think those are two very big concepts. Uh, you know, you, you have to know your why. And I think once you know your why, everything makes more sense. You're able to grind harder. It's, it's weird. Again, once you know your why, it's, it's a little bit easier. You got to surround yourself with people who love you, support you, want you to succeed. You mentioned self-care. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in self-care as well. Like you said, it means something differently for everybody. For me. It's making sure I'm in the best version of myself, you know, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, intellectually. Uh, and there's a reason airplanes say help yourself first and then help others. Because if you're not at your strongest level, how can you push your team to be the strongest, them their strongest selves or, or push your clients to be their strongest selves? You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird dynamic where people don't want to be selfish because they want to care about others. But in some instances, you have to be selfish. Take care of yourself. Make sure you're the best version of yourself. Make sure you're in a good place. Provide value. Know your why. And you can keep pushing forward. But Brian, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on. If someone wants to reach out to you, you know, just to grat- congratulate you on the episode or ask you a question about business, where can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, hit me up at uh, on LinkedIn. So you can find me there, Brian Heinrichs. Uh, you can check out more about the bank on fourthcapital.com those are probably the best two ways to uh, get in touch with me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Reach out to Brian guys. Let me know what you thought about the episode and, and ask him any questions you might have, but Brian, I appreciate your time, man.
1: Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate you having me on.
0: Yep. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nash biz podcast. We post new episodes every single week, and we'd greatly appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review on Apple podcasts.
3: We'll catch you next time.